The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear an earful of brilliance from a marketer who has brought an iconic brand to life. Ready to hear the secrets and untold stories behind the brand you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. All right, welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where, as you know, we tell untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers in the trenches, building them day by day. I'm your host and founder of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. We're an independently held agency company that has lots of agencies to solve the needs of the modern marketer. But I'm going to bring back a guy that we had on about a week ago, a CMO with a bunch of public companies. I'm going to bring back Mike Linton. We had such a fun time last time. We're like, we got to get you back and we got to talk about real shit, real problems, real opportunities in the business. So I don't even have a script for today, but I was like, you know what? Let's bring Mike back and let's get into it. I think the topic we literally just came up with is the consumer slash marketplace scorecard for CMOs. Look, Mike's going to jump into stuff and we're going to rip and we're not going to waste time. So Mike, I know you're back. I'm excited to have you back. Talk to us about how you were successful at companies. Uh, for those of you who haven't listened, didn't hear Mike's last episode. I mean, we're talking Ancestry.com, CMO, Best Buy, a million others, Farmers Insurance, eBay. And eBay, yeah. So he trains CMOs. And so we're just going to get into it. We're, we're here to become better marketers. And Mike's going to take us to school. So school's in <laughs> session, bud. Talk to us about this consumer. You're, you're talking to me about this consumer index you called it the consumer slash marketplace scorecard for CMOs. I know you kind of perfected this at Best Buy. So what are we talking about and how do we do this shit? First, thanks for the intro. I, I've got to play that for my parents. Uh, <laughs> Two, uh, I don't know if I perfected anything, but I will say a kind of my view is that all marketers should have a marketplace scorecard versus a marketing scorecard. And, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. I think marketing is the least homogeneous function in the company. You have people in charge of acquisition, people in charge of retention, if you have customer experience, a lot of people in charge of conversion, branding, sometimes promotion and events. In a lot of my businesses, I also had public relations and some of the other functions, including at times uh, the call center. And one of the things that I think is really hard for marketers is to get all on the same page and see the consumer versus their individual function. I think that is exacerbated when they interface with the company because each function has its own set of measures. And it is really difficult for the company to absorb all of those measures. And so the company has a tendency to pick on the various measures in an effort to get more sales or more profit. That's always what the company wants. My learning on this is really driven by some of my earlier experiences and my time at, at Progressive as a, as a general manager, which is it's way better for the company to look at the consumer 
holistically. And then the marketing effects on the consumer holistically. And the holistic thing would be acquisition is nothing if it doesn't convert, unless you're Facebook or or Google, because you need the sales. But if you can't do that at profitability, a profit scale, it becomes really tough. And then if you spend all this money getting customers acquired and then converted, and then if you don't retain them, it's very, it also creates a financial doom loop for the marketer. My goal when I kind of went into Best Buy after having learned a couple of lessons was to have one scorecard for the whole customer that also showed the marketplace. And that was really a focus on sales, profit, retention, and then something, if I could get it, like market share. So I could have a relative understanding of how the consumer was moving through the whole business. Then I used all the various drop-down menus for each function. So I didn't have to come in and go, our acquisition is up, but our conversion is down. Therefore, our sales are down. And then everyone pounds the conversion people like crazy. That may be true. The conversion people may need to work, but we may also be acquiring customers that aren't going to convert. And I want everybody in the funnel thinking of getting the right customer and retaining them. What I want to dive into here. So, okay, is the consumer scorecard used to keep a pulse on your customer or is it used to track performance and show performance of overall marketing to C-suite or is it both? I use it actually for three things. One is I think in the end, the most important thing the marketing department could do is bring the right consumers in and keep them. And so I use it to say, are we getting the consumers we want and are they staying? The second thing I do is I use it for the company because it's, I try and make it as easy for the company to translate it financially as possible. And usually they can translate, obviously, sales or customer count, uh, you know, dollars per customer, profit per customer, all of that. They can also translate share and retention is an easy translation. And then I'm also talk. I can start talking about are we acquiring and keeping the right customers and and give pushback on on some of the offerings we may be giving as a company. The third thing I use it for is pay. I don't want each component of my team working in that funnel or working however I'm structured could be geographically or whatever. Arguing is they're doing a great job and the rest of the marketing department is not delivering. That is not how the consumer sees it. They buy the whole marketing or not. And I want my whole team thinking about it. And I think one of the reasons I've, I've been fortunate to have a lot of great people work for me, but a number of them, I think somewhere around 13 have gone on to be CMOs, is because instead of just focusing on your individual function, you're focusing on how your function tees up the preceding or the following functions to succeed. And then also you're paying a lot of attention to the financials because if, if some of your pay is involved in that, Instead of like raw acquisition or raw conversion, you are thinking more holistically. You're getting everybody on the same page when, and not getting people fighting for different pieces of the marketing pie and different parts of the journey, different parts of the tactics. It's everyone looking holistically at the business through the lens of a consumer. So I'll do, yeah, other sports analogy, which is let's say we're a football team and I pay you for yards rushing and we're losing in the fourth <laughs> quarter by 14. Do you actually... Want to say we should pass the ball if I'm paying you for how many yards you get. And I think maybe not because I'm paying you for your part. But really what the company cares about and what the consumer cares about is the actual score. And my whole goal in all of this is to get the team to care the most about the consumer score versus any individual functional stats. 
I love that. And so you've simplified what the score means in the game and it's shared across <laughs> multifunctional departments and the C-suite as well, obviously. With, well, with... I, I, yeah, I'm making it sound easy here, but it is, it is not easy. <laughs> I know. That's why I want to dive into it. I have so many questions. There's still a lot of tension across the teams, but you want that tension out in the open versus passed off. Okay. And when did you start having, like, I, I know we talked last episode about having a CFO basically in the marketing suite. When did that happen? Did that happen at Best Buy as well? Like it, where, they, it did. And they were looking at this scorecard as well, the kind of financial person putting the scorecard into different financial models for the C-suite? Yeah, well, the marketing CFO is, you know, in my mind, they have a foot in the finance camp and a foot in the marketing camp. And their job is to help the marketers spend the money in the best way for the company and the customer. Ideally, you try and align those because the company wins when the customer wins, usually. I also don't want each function explaining why it is doing fabulously if we're not making our numbers. What I want is we're going to make our numbers or here's where we're breaking down and here's how we are collectively as a team going to fix it. And I know I'm making this sound easy. It is not easy because particularly when you throw in agencies and brand efforts and things that are hard to measure, there is always tension up and down the funnel. How big a spin were we talking about back when you were at Best Buy? How big I a think at peak, we were spending, I think I was spending close to eight or 900 million. I think a lot of that was circular and some other things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot of my businesses have spent hundreds of millions. And you don't want each team optimizing their share of that money. You want that money going against the consumer. And, and it's hard to get everybody on that page. But when they're on that page, man, they will move money and they will create things that grease the funnel. Is there any percentages that come to mind when you think about different sectors that you like rule of thumbs like or is it all over the board based on business segment based on time that consumer Help me with trends what you all? mean by like rule of thumb in, uh, in what way? Uh, I, I mean it could be CPA models or return on ad spend models or it could be percent on creative or it could be percent by tactic or is there any Rule of thumb percentages that stick out to you as people are looking at their budget holistically? I don't have a, a rule, but I do expect the team to meet the total ROI commitment to the company. What I don't like is each buddy, each team trying to optimize their individual component of ROI and to measure everything perfectly. Because I think some of these are long-term tools, some are short-term tools. Our job is to meet the company's or exceed the company's ROI goals for marketing this year and set up to make them next year. What like what would be an ROI goal from some of the companies that you've Look, with? we're going to spend 3 the company gives us 3% of of sales to drive the financials. Okay. Our job is to drive make the financial goals this year and set us up to do that again next year. That means you have to test test things and put them out. You have to have the brand has to get stronger. You can't put it all into short-term tools because inevitably you're going to lose that game. But you also can't put it all into long-term tools and talk about the brand because if you lose the short-term game, there isn't a long-term game. So we will grapple a lot with those trade-offs, but never do I want all the money in one short or long-term bucket. And I want the team looking at are we collectively making the, is the company making its financials? If not, what are we doing about it? And then are we setting up to win next year as well? 
that's the discussion I constantly am having with my teams. Yeah, now versus sales now versus brand long-term brand. brand so, yeah, sales overnight, brand over time. Is, is sales kind overnight, of brand over time. Yeah. So, so 3% of sales of these giant companies are going into marketing and they, they want to go 5% or 10%. Well, that's just an example. It could, yeah. it, it could be less. It could be less. It could be more. Look, I think when the company gives you that kind of line item, you have an obligation to return results to the company. And those results are usually in the form of profitable sales. And also a promise that you haven't mortgaged the future of the brand to get them. And so that's how I think about the scorecard is a way to look at that. An example would be if you are if you are acquiring a ton of customers to make this year's number, but they are not retaining, you're going to have to, and a company needs to grow, you're going to have to acquire even more customers next year to make the number. And inevitably, you're going to run out of room to do that profitably. And that's why I, I will look a lot at the retention component. And are we bringing in customers that are sticking around? Or are we just buying traffic that is not going to be there next year? You mentioned earlier, you had 13 people under you that also became CMOs. What do you think the biggest mistake CMOs that haven't been under your tutelage. <laughs> I like the word tutelage. I just wanted to say tutelage. Uh, I know you did very, very good. Good use of the word Setting tutelage. up tutelage there. No, but where do you think some, I mean, do you know what the average CMO length is right now? Is it what, 18 months or 24 months? Or I think it depends. I was talking to some folks with Spencer the other day, and they said a lot of that is people self-selecting to go to other jobs. But depending on the survey you look at, I think it's 18 months to three years. Look, and I, I think it's, it's the most scrutinized job and the company pays attention to every piece of marketing you do. Sadly, consumers do not. One of the things I try and use the consumer scorecard for is to show what consumers, how consumers are actually voting. And in most of the businesses, well, all the businesses I've been in, they have to vote with money. And so I try and track how consumer money flows in. And so it's not enough to get just traffic. They have to usually give us money for us to be successful. And then if they're not going to stick around, a lot of that acquisition cost is actually negative profit. And that, that's how I try to use the scorecard. It could be a service or product problem as well that might need to be highlighted or? It could. It could be service, product, pricing, competition. I mean, I think one of the things you don't want to, I don't want to get in front of my board or my peers and be arguing about acquisition in the absence of a consumer scorecard. If a competitor has dropped price or come out with a fabulous product or we have a product problem that has emerged, we shouldn't be talking about acquisition. We should be talking about what's going on with our customers and why they aren't buying. And I think one of the things that can happen in an awful lot of companies is an immediate run to fix the problem via the easiest, fastest tool, which is almost always in the marketing front. And you can say, gosh, you know, we got to acquire better or we have to drop the price. I'm always leery when the company wants to drop the price to solve a problem, unless it is certain pricing is the problem. I love that. Okay, we could go on forever, Mike, as we know. We're going to keep teasing people out. We made up another topic on the spot because <laughs> we just said, hey, let's get back and do a podcast. But we're going to wrap up the first episode, which would actually be the third episode we've had with Mike on the Reband podcast. We're going to get back in school here in a minute and we're going to Talk about the next topic, which again, we made up on the spot, which I love. Our next topic is how Best Buy CMO, Mike Linton at the time, aligned companies' KPIs with compensation. We're going to get into some sticky topics about, again, we've talked about 
the average CMO between 18 months and three years in the, in the job and how much marketing is scrutinized. So I think Mike's going to continue to give us the tools to keep our job and to be successful in our jobs and marketing, which I loved. In fact, Mike and I were even talking about uh, his podcast, which I think I'm going to go on and trying to think of a topic around kind of the tension between agencies and brands as well. And he's had some great people on his podcast from I think the BDDO creative officer was on there, chief creative officer was on there. So I'm excited about that. So again, in part two of this interview, we're going to talk about how to align company KPIs with compensation. If you can't wait till the next episode, and you want to learn more about Mike, uh, you'll find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. You can find it as uh, probably LinkedIn is probably going to be the best for Mike, honestly. So we'll put our show notes in, in the whole stuff. I mean, the cool thing, as you guys know, is, as we were building this podcast, we we're kind of explaining a lot of stuff. But now, again, we've got this marketing community, about 5,000 people now. Just They know what the deal is. They know what kind of insights we're going to try to drive. So if you didn't have a chance, go to our website. We have all the show notes. We have LinkedIn information. You can, of course, find us anywhere online. Just search my name, Scott Harkey. That's probably the easiest. But we do have some rebrand pod that we're trying to get going. And again, subscribe. And if you know someone in marketing that's tired of the books or struggling in their job or wants to really do something big in their job and they're going to conferences, they're really in that stage of education and uh, educating themselves, this is the podcast for them. So hit that subscribe button, tell them about it. We're, we're just growing this organically. And again, we're, we're going to try to bring the best people possible. Big thanks to guys like Mike who spend their time to help us get better. But that's it for today. Uh, remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand. <laughs>